Hey, vloggers, it's Josh coming back at you with another bite-sized episode here. And today's episode is going to be kind of self-serving slightly. I mean, you'll, you'll see. But it's something that I've been thinking through um, since some events in my life have transpired, as I'll go into detail in just a little bit. And uh, I figured, you know, maybe you'd want to listen to it as well. Maybe get some of your thoughts as well on this topic. So um, just to preface this conversation a little bit. Um, my wife and I are celebrating 10 years together, married together um, in August, and we decided to take a trip this summer. We went to the Grand Canyon a few weeks ago, and uh, we're not much, we have not typically traveled very often, but it's something we're trying to get into more, which doesn't make sense because now we have young kids and you know, finances and all that fun stuff, but it's something that we've enjoyed doing um, here recently. So anyways, we went to the Grand Canyon and of course, I mean, it was the first time either of us have seen the Grand Canyon. And of course it was an amazing experience. I mean, yeah, if you haven't gone, then you should go because it's awesome. I mean, the, everyone, everyone says that, right? I mean, it's common knowledge, right? You know, go to the Grand Canyon, right? I mean, it's pretty cool. Anyways, um, so while we were there, there were a number of times that I thought to myself, as, as I was taking in the scenery and, and hiking and, and just enjoying the nature that surrounded me, that, man, this reminds me of some video games. And I was kind of conflicted by that thought. Um, you know, we're on vacation, we're kind of getting away from the norm, and of course what pops into my head is video games. It's kind of weird, right? Well, the more that I thought about it, and I actually brought this up to my wife, I was like, is that is that sad that I'm out here? And, and I'm thinking about like, I'm just, it's just reminding me of something in a video game. And my wife very graciously said, no, no, that I, I don't think that's sad. That's actually, it, it, it made me think about this a little bit more, is that it actually points to what the artists behind the games were actually trying to capture because the way in which it reminded me of certain video games was just the sprawling vistas that were in front of us or the trails that we were hiking or something something about the scenery i felt just reminded me vaguely of some video games that i've played and to that end i wanted to share with you guys just a list of games that really kind of stuck out to me as games that capture or at least point towards they don't fully capture the idea of of you know something like the grand canyon or being out in the wilderness or something like that um but it definitely uh, hints towards that and there's something about these games that that give you similar feelings that point towards what is i could see now after experiencing this in real life what these artists were attempting to make. So let me paint a couple scenes for you. The first scene is actually when we first got to the Grand Canyon. We go to the visitor center and there's a lookout point. So you walk up and of course, you know, it's kind of like the side of a cliff, right? So it's not like you can see anything until you just kind of get over to where, then there's railing too, so you're not going to fall off and I mean, unless you really want to. Um, but there's railing. So as you're kind of traversing, and it's just a little walkway, it's not like it's hazardous or anything like that, this paved road that goes to this lookout point, um, you can't see anything until you get right up on it. And of course, oh my goodness, when you first take a look at the Grand Canyon, it's hard to even process what it is that you're seeing 
um, because you're able to see so far away and it is absolutely panoramic. And so uh, for me, it was difficult to even just like process what it was that I was seeing. But after that kind of initial shock, it, uh, it actually kind of reminded me of a video game that we've mentioned on the podcast a couple of times before, um, but it is the latest Legend of Zelda game, Breath of the Wild. And, I mean, I guess this is kind of a minor spoiler if you haven't played the game. It's, it's nothing huge, it's nothing story-related, but there is a part in the game, uh, the, the first few hours of the game, you are doing your thing, collecting your items, doing your, your Zelda thing, until this one moment where it has you go up to the edge of kind of the area in which you have been traversing up to this point. And when that happens, the camera continues going and there is just this sprawling vista out in front of you. I mean, it is the rest of the, you can see out in front of you, the rest of the game world. And of course, the music swells, the camera pans, so you're not in control anymore. And it just shows you, it's as if the game is saying, like, all of this is yours to explore. This is all yours to have your adventure in. And as the game continues, uh, it's that same idea of if you can see it, then you can go there and you can traverse whatever it is that you want to. And um, while, of course, you know, that's not necessarily the same as the Grand Canyon because you know, you're not going to be going, you're not going to be hiking all the way down to the bottom and out and around and down there and then back up in, in, you know, in any decent amount of time and only if you're extremely well equipped. But it definitely reminded me of the moment in this game where it, it opens up and it kind of shows you all that you are about to experience. Um, th- this was kind of a publicized part of the game. If even if you haven't played Breath of the Wild, um, in some of the the trailers for the game, they showed this scene. And actually, the box art for the game I think captures it really well. It's kind of the same deal where Link is standing on the edge of this kind of outcropping, and you can see the world before you. And it, it just struck me again after the initial shock of just what it was that I was experiencing at the Grand Canyon. Um, how well that that was captured in Breath of the Wild and how um, that game world uh, continually kind of popped up into my mind because it is so much about, I mean, the title is Breath of the Wild. It is so much about the wilderness and traversal and exploring and adventuring and, and going to new places. And it makes me think about how the influence of even just the earth and, and the topography that there is out in front of everyone, you know, you're ready to explore and how they were able to kind of distill that into a video game form in Breath of the Wild. So Breath of the Wild was the first initial kind of game that I thought of when when we went to the Grand Canyon, but there were more. And the second one that I wanted to talk about came later on that day as we were kind of exploring the south rim of the Grand Canyon. So if you've never been there, there's basically, you know, at, the, at this this out this overlook point, um, from there there's paved road that goes, well, my wife and I hiked two and a half miles in either direction. So over the course of two days, we went one direction one day and the other direction the other way. And so um, as you're walking around this, it was about a two and a half mile hike to a trailhead. And so you're seeing this this grand site before you, no pun intended, uh, but but this site that's there, you're actually able to get 
different perspectives on it, which I was surprised by because I didn't feel like two and a half miles was really that long. But you get a, a decent amount around, you know, the the south rim of the canyon in order to see the same kind of sights from from different vantage points. And as you're walking, of course, you get to see uh, down into the canyon and you notice little things like my wife found a, a a bridge that they had just built, which was really cool to kind of see from far off. You're looking for the Colorado River, seeing different different things down in the bottom of the canyon, and seeing how you know how erosion has created this this. Well, of course, it creates the canyon, but also the different valleys and peaks that are within the canyon. And it reminded me of another game that has um. D- it creates an amazing world that is seamless in how you're able to to traverse that world. And this is kind of a not necessarily a little known game, but I doubt that very many of you out there have have played it or if you have played it probably not finished it because it is quite a long game. And this game is Xenoblade Chronicles X. Now, it's funny because, you know, the, the Xenoblade Chronicles does some similar things, kind of the first game in the series where uh, your traversal within the game world, it certainly gives you this amazing sense of scope. But X, although it, it's it's a flawed game, it's not it's not great by any means, but I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, my time with it was fantastic. I spent a total of like 90 hours <laughs> completing the main quest, and I feel like there's still so much more to see in that game. Um but one of the things that the game does, and I th- I would say that, that the game does best, is that it creates this world with all these different zones that, uh, if, if you don't know Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles X, eventually you're able to pilot a mech in the game, and you can go to different continents, and the entire world, there there's no loading time in between the different areas of the world. I don't know how they were able to pull that off on the Wii U, it's magic, I don't know, but it works so well, and... um. Definitely, when you have the ability to traverse in a mech, you can fly over the different areas of the world, and you see kind of this this same idea of where you are, you know, five thousand feet above the above the ground, and you can take in the sights, and then you can actually go and land. And as you're getting closer, you know, you're seeing the things. And there's no, it's it's actually a technical marvel because it doesn't break the fourth wall by with lots of, you know, pop-up and things like that. Like, it actually seems like this entire world, it, it, it's, it's seamless. It's one big world that you're able to go across. And so, you know, as, as I'm walking along the Grand Canyon, I'm just thinking, man, I remember how that game did this now of course we're walking and you know it's 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 much slower going than flying along the entire world in xenoblade chronicles but there there is a sense in which i think it really speaks to the creators of that game and what they were going for their artistic vision for the world that they were creating and i could see some of that i could see like oh this is where they're getting it from as i was hiking the canyon the next game that I want to talk about, and I'm sure a lot of you out there were thinking this was probably one of the first places that I was going to go to, is, of course, Shadow of the Colossus. Now, this game in particular, because it is a, a large open world, and it really doesn't have that much in it, um, that's probably a really kind of dead ringer for what you'd experience as you're going out in hikes. 
you know, you're not going to <laughs> engage with a Colossus in the real world, of course. Um, but it, as you're going, you know, you're seeing different parts of the world. In, in the game world, you're seeing different parts of the world. And even though at times it does feel empty, I think a lot of the way that that world is constructed is based on what the designers have experienced out in the real world. So for instance, there were certain parts of the trail when we were climbing down the canyon um, that that reminded me a lot of Shadow of the Colossus. Even in the tutorial of that game where you're first learning how to jump from a ledge to another ledge and grab on and pull yourself up, there were things like that that reminded me as, as again, hiking down the canyon because... Basically, the trails at the Grand Canyon, if you've never been, as you're hiking down, they're, you know, maybe a couple, well, maybe not, maybe a little bit more than a couple, but only a few feet wide as you're going down. So it's sloped, and, you know, there is a high chance if you're not paying attention, I mean, if if you're, you know, really clumsy and, and really not paying attention, that you could fall, and you could fall pretty far before you're stopped. And not that you really have much to worry about. I would assume that most people who climb the Grand Canyon are pretty good at walking and know how to hike. (laughs) But it reminded me of some of the things that I saw in that game. And of course, you know, whenever you think of Shadow of the Colossus, you think of the Colossi. And uh, like I said, of course, those aren't going to be in the real world. But there was a certain sense of, man, if this is what this trail looks like, if this is you know, the the counterpart to it in the real world, then something like a Colossus would be absolutely terrifying in real life, especially when you gauge, you know, the size of the trail, the size of the trees, the size of this canyon. Um, what would a Colossi look like in real life? I don't know. You know, sometimes your imagination it runs away with you, but it was a fun thing to think about. Um, and the last game is another one that, um, you know, it's it's not necessarily the most highly regarded of the bunch of probably it is considered a bit of a black sheep in the franchise um but again as we're going down the canyon and as you're hiking it is a sloped trail along the side of the cliff face basically and it reminded me of the boss battles in the legend of zelda skyward sword against the imprisoned because in that area you are going down a slope in order to fight this thing in the center, kind of in this in this valley area. And um, you're constantly kind of running back up and down depending on what your enemy is doing. And admittedly, part of that may be that you have to fight that boss, what, three times throughout the course of the game, which is why it's kind of stuck in my memory. But again, after experiencing something similar to that in real life as I'm hiking, uh, it it just reminded me. Oh, okay. This is what they were getting at. You know, it's 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 no longer just a video game. Like as I'm walking this, you know, I'm I'm thinking about kind of the stamina that Link has to have in order to keep up. You know, yes, it is just a video game. I get it. It's not. It's fantastical, and it doesn't have to be real. But at the same time, I think there is kind of a shade of. Something it's fun to kind of think through the experience and again what the creators of the game, what the artists behind the game are really trying to capture when they put you in these situations as you're playing a video game. 
So those were some of the things that I thought about while I was on vacation. I actually didn't play very much video games while we were there because I was out exploring the, you know, the canyon and, and just hanging out with my wife. But but I was surprised by just kind of some of the thoughts that I had. I was surprised that video games still popped into my head as we were hiking along. And I figured I'd share that with you. And um, if, this, if this was anything, you know, I, I don't think that this episode is necessarily an argument for games as art, but rather to me, it was a, a recognition that games are an art form uh, and a recognition of the art form behind the game and what is put into the game. Again, for me, it was experiencing something and really recognizing like, oh, this is what they're getting at. Like the people who have designed these games must have this in mind. You know, they must have experienced something on this level in the real world in order to put that in the video game. And now I get what that game was kind of pointing towards. So ultimately, you know, the the real artwork is God's creation and our experience with that. But I think some of that can be not necessarily captured, but at least alluded to in the things that we create as well. So if I could leave you with anything, I'd, I'd just like to say that we ought to at least be open towards experiencing, allowing video games not just to be a singular experience by yourself, but to take that experience and, and, and allow it to inform your perception of the world around you, or at least allow it to point towards what the true beauty of, you know, whatever game that you're playing is alluding to. Video games are not a substitute for life experience. Um, you're not going to get the same effect, and I hope that I've been pretty clear um, through this episode that going to the Grand Canyon and playing Xenoblade Chronicles X are two completely different things, yet there's something in the game that, that directs your thoughts to something tangible. And I think that is the, one of the biggest values in video games, is to take something, to put yourself in a scenario that you haven't ever been in, or one that you can't possibly be in, and then see how that, how that informs your actual experience. I hope this wasn't too weird, too out there, too subjective. But of course, you know, if you have any thoughts, if you think I'm just totally wrong, if, if I'm just off my rocker and I should have just turned off that part of my brain while I was out at the Grand Canyon, well, you can always, uh, you know, contact us and let us know. Till next time, guys. You keep beating down your backlogs and I'll try and break down the benefits. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at bbdowncast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. <laughs>